Hey out there to all people, and super fast turtles. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy that would love to be a citizen of Carlsville, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? I'm doing good, Brandon. But if I was a citizen of Carlsville, I wonder what job I'd have. You would be Miss Carlsville. <gasps> oh my god, You'd get I that would. pretty sash. Oh my gosh, I could smooch people, I could cup my hand and rotate my wrist all the time i'm great i could do it all i think you could do it i could live up to the the world of uh being miss carlsville for sure yeah you've got poise that's what counts you on the other hand <laughs> oh. oh god you'd be sweeping up all the the shit that we drop when we have our parades <laughs> yeah i'd be the town slob of carlsville <laughs> everyone points to and they're like stay away from brandon <laughs> there's only a hundred of us but stay away from him parents would clutch their children and be like no don't go near brandon <laughs> like we would you'd be at the lemonade stand and then everybody'd be like you don't get lemonade oh <laughs> you aren't invited to the baseball game even though you're invisible oh man you love baseball <laughs> it's my favorite oh i'm doing good brandon how about you man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm all right i'm fine yeah so did you get up to anything exciting this week hmm, let me think here I didn't really do anything really exciting this week. Uh, Splatoon three came out the other the other week though, and there's a Splatfest this weekend, so we're definitely gonna try and get some Splatfest points in there. Oh, splatting it up! Yeah, they only release the same game every couple of years, and I buy it every time. <laughs> so <laughs> this yeah. is about me, but <laughs> I haven't really played any Splatoons. But like, how how different are they? Not much. Is it Not like much. new maps? generally yeah. just well actually they usually just take maps from the old games and put them in the oh new games, lord oh, which that I'm is fine such with. a nintendo like, move I'm, I'm okay with it because the maps are all right and then the guns like they change up the guns and the specials of the guns every every game i guess but they're really just the same it's just kind of inking stuff and killing people with guns for kids mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what makes it safe for kids yeah it's not bad though my family loves splatoon so i'm happy to give nintendo my money i suppose well, that's cool. How about you, Brandon? Anything sweet happening in your week? Oh, I mean, I've just got video game stuff going on, too. I got an Xbox, one of them new Xboxes. Got a new Nintendo, eh? <laughs> yeah, I got a new Nintendo Xbox. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, I haven't been playing games really much lately, so it's good to, to get back to doing what I love. That's good, yeah. I know um, it's been a while. Your PlayStation 5... Sadly passed away in the Great Floods in of Australia peace. a while ago, and you've been fiending for that Elden Ring, so I'm glad that you're going to be able to play that again, and it's great. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad for you. Yeah. you know? Video games. They're still good. Yeah, they are. So, um, there's a streamer that I, I watch on Twitch, um, and he lives in Prince Edward Isles, which is in a different time zone than me. You know, I'm in the East Coast here, and mm-hmm. he's in the Easter, Easter Coast, and uh i guess there's a hurricane coming their way you know in the like the canadian area and i didn't realize that hurricanes went that high because i thought it was too cold for that but i guess it's a thing so if anybody is listening from prince edward isles uh three weeks after the hurricane i hope you guys are good (laughs) if anybody can hear this (laughs) (laughs) if you're hearing this folks you made it so anyway yeah I, i hope that you guys are you're safe, you're good, and you're listening to a podcast. <laughs> so yeah. It's just a promotion for a podcast. What, that's for what it's all about. <laughs> all right, Cortland. Yes, Brandon. It's time. Oh. It's time to talk about the I, I it's the it's the season finale of Goosebumps. Season finale. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. It should not <laughs> okay. be the season finale. Right on the okay. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. So So we're here to talk about Teacher's Pet. Cortland, what did you think of this episode? Hmm. After riding the high of of the Carlsville saga, mm, mm-hmm. this episode was a slog. It was a slog, Brandon. Uh, I've watched this episode two full times already. The very first time I watched Ooh. it, I didn't remember a single thing about what I had just watched. So I had to watch it again to prepare for this episode for recording. And I still I don't like it. I don't like this episode very much. It's really fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. So... Watching this episode and writing notes for it, it was like maybe 17 minutes in before anything that I would consider like paranormal or supernatural or just kind of out of the ordinary happened. 
Yeah. And I was like, okay, so here's where the episode's going. And it's almost over. Before then, it's really just nothing. And it kind of felt like, you know, a part one. To it a did, yes, I thought that too. Mm-hmm. And then they just wrap it up in the last three minutes. So I'm like, all right, this happens, whatever. I just don't think it was entertaining. I don't think it was like cooked all the way. I have so many questions about the, <laughs> the motive of everything. Um, the scenery is nice, so I'll give it that. The scenery I mean, is nice. Sure. Um, you know, it's kind of like a fall-ish, like getting into the fall weather. Like you can see the tree change colors and stuff, which um, I'm looking forward to watching yes. IRL. <laughs> the scenery I mean. is nice, but Everything I'm not else. going to give Goosebumps any credit because that's all Mother Nature, baby. I know. This takes I know. place <laughs> entirely in the woods. So yeah. they were able to find a woods that looked good. They did, yeah. Shot there. And everything else about the story is just so boring. There's some things I find fucking hilarious about this one, though, and we'll talk about them. Yeah. Um, but everything, everything before and after that is stupid. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's so dumb. Oh man. Oh. Such a right. such a bummer. I wish Carlsville was the series. Well, the season finale it could have been the series finale too. As far as I know, like maybe season four has some good ones but the carlsville saga would definitely have been a fantastic way to end the season yeah but no they were like oh and we got this great teacher's pet one we're gonna throw that (laughs) in there too and i'm like oh i have a theory about about why that happened okay cool well we'll get to it let's just get through the shit episode yeah it'll be about 20 minutes through this slog (laughs) of an episode (laughs) hopefully it'll be more entertaining talking about it than watching it oh i think it will i think it will (laughs) So the episode begins in the woods, as we mentioned, and an empty school bus drives off, leaving a group of kids standing around in front of a sign that says Kevin Pilkington Nature Reserve. Ah, uh-huh, classic Kevin Kevin Pilkington. There's yeah, a lot of weird names in this episode. Kevin Pilkington. Yeah, you're right. I'm just going to look it up to see if it's real. I'm not seeing much, so I don't know if it is or not. Somebody will correct me, though. I'm sure on Twitter or something. Yeah, and I welcome. I, I gotta say though, like this bus that they're in, it's just in like the middle of a grassy field. There's not like a road or even no. like a dirt path or anything. It's literally just a bus sitting on some grass, surrounded by the woods. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving yeah, sure on. Is. And that bus is like, all right, fuck off, kids. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> a teenage boy and girl walk away from the group of other kids. And the girl, whose name is Becca, says, Listen to the wind. If you listen closely, you can hear the cries of tormented souls. Ooh, that's definitely going to come up again, isn't it? Sure. That would would be cool if it did. Yeah, it's clearly the point of the story. The boy, whose name is Benji, asks, Yeah, how do you know? And she tells him that it's an old legend. The annoying part about this episode, Brandon, is that I didn't know Benji's name. And, and really Becca's name until like 10 minutes in. And they're That's the, main the annoying part. No, I mean, That's that on the list the, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of the annoying parts. Yeah. I'm, I think I had to IMDB to get their names. Yeah. There's a lot of weird names in this episode. I still don't even know them. Look, there's a bad guy in this one. I don't even know his name. It's like Dr. Frank. It almost sounds like Frankenstein, but it's like Pillowstein yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You don't know it. I don't know it. <laughs> You'll, you'll correct me eventually. Uh, we'll get to it. Anyway, what happens next? We cut to later where the group of kids are being led by a teacher through a path in the woods. She warns the kids to stay together. And we get some of that Goosebumps creeper cam. Except it's very low to the ground. Yeah. Becca stops walking all of a sudden. And Benji asks what's up. She tells him that the locket that she was wearing is gone. She must have dropped it. That's Benji says that it must be along the trail and can't be that far back. So they start heading backwards. And the creeper cam watches them as they walk. Yeah, so instead of being like, hey teacher, can you guys stop the whole group for a second here? I don't want to get lost in the woods overnight or anything crazy like that. Mm-hmm. They decide to go off on their own and find this locket in yeah, the woods. Like five seconds after the teacher's like, don't walk off. They're like, well... You can just walk off just this once. Yeah, let's just walk off one time. Finally, Becca says, I don't think it would be this far back, which is a silly thing to say because she doesn't know where it is. Mm. Mm -hmm. And Benji tells her, it probably fell off in the parking lot. What parking lot? (laughs) Exactly. They got dumped in the middle of the woods. (laughs) 
Yeah. So first he says it must be along the trail and it isn't that far back. Now he's like, oh, it's probably the parking lot. And then they'll go to the parking lot and they'll be like, oh, maybe you left it on the bus. I mean, and they go well, on there. Oh, maybe you never brought it. It's at home. Then they go home and the episode's maybe over. Maybe it's at the store where you bought it. <laughs> maybe it's being fashioned in the factory. <laughs> maybe it's minerals in the ground. <laughs> I don't know how to go any to like back in time from there. Star stuff. Oh, right. Maybe it's carbon in the atmosphere. Becca doesn't think so, so they spread out and keep looking. After a few more seconds of looking, Becca sees a very shiny thing in the grass. Like, it sparkles like a Resident Evil item. Uh, Yes, it does. Yes. And it's her locket. She goes to reach for it, and I guess the bush next to it shakes or something, and she recoils back. Yeah, and then she, like, looks at the bush as if it, like, fucking slapped her in the face. She's like, (laughs) oh, bush, how dare you shake? (laughs) After a moment, Becca notices that it was just a little white rabbit on the ground. Aww. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just just a, a, a wild white rabbit that she just has to talk to for a minute. Yeah, just a normal rabbit. She says that she can't believe she was scared by a cute little bunny. And then she just goes and picks this wild animal up. Yes! She just picks <laughs> up this wild fucking animal. Doesn't know if it has rabies or anything. And this bunny just allows it to happen. This this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when she brings the rabbit up to her face, she sees that its face isn't that of a cute little bunny, but instead is a badly composited lizard face. What the hell is this? <laughs> it looks like shit. It sure does. And it's like licking its little tongue out and she screams <laughs> at it. And I'm just like, is this supposed to be scary? Because this is garbage. Yeah. I. It it looks bad, and I don't know. I don't know how they thought it looked good. It's fine. But if if you have in the script like the rabbit has a lizard face, I don't know how you would make it look good on the budget they were working with. So. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. just it's just so stupid. But that's fine. It is stupid. Benji runs up asking what's the hubba, and she tries to explain it, but she sounds crazy, of course, because, yeah. Then the teacher and the rest of the kids walk up, drawn in by her echoing scream. Yeah, they were, apparently they weren't very far away. The entire class just is like, what's going on over here? Yeah. The teacher asks what happened, and again, Becca goes to explain and looks crazy, and the teacher says, Another tale from the imagination of Becca Tom. Damn, roasted. This teacher's had enough of Becca's shit. Yeah. Becca's just one of those kids who makes shit up. I guess that's why she told the spooky story about like the tormented souls or whatever at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. guess what? That never gets brought up again. It's not part of the story whatsoever. So it's if you nothing. thought this was going to be a ghost story, it's not. It is something completely different. Something, something, something completely better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I do gotta say it's the, the Manaha. Uh, oh man, I wish it was the Manaha. Um, I gotta say, one of the girls in her class is uh, played by Asia Vieira. Mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. remember her full name. I didn't look her up on IMDb. I just saw her and I was like, it's Maggie! <laughs> yep. Maggie's in it. Maggie from Secret Admirer. She's back and she's yeah, better than never. <laughs> Well, she's not better than Neville, uh, but she's uh, she plays a, no, a part she really of this. isn't. She exists. It was great to see her again. Yeah. So she's one of the nearby mean girls. There's two mean girls. And they look at each other and laugh. Yeah. Do you know their names? Because I don't remember. They even say uh, it Martha and Sue, I think. Okay. Sure. We'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. And... Like, immediately, I put down in my notes, like, oh, these are mean girls, but they don't actually really do anything. Right, right. Like, they're not overly nice to Becca, but they're also not covering her in pig's blood or anything. No, yeah. They're just, like, they're just part of the scenery, really. (laughs) Yeah. The teacher, Mrs. Crandall, tells the rest of the class that they have orientation in half an hour in the meeting area. She looks right at Becca and Benji when she says... And this time, I want you all to stay together for real. Yeah, that was the plan. You have, you're in charge of these children. They can't get lost in the woods, Miss Crenshaw, or whatever your name was. <laughs> Crandall. Clearly, I didn't pay as much attention either time I watched this episode. 
<laughs> it's not very memorable. I've never been to a, a summer camp or any kind of camp like this, though, but both Camp Nightmare and this had the bus dropping the kids off in the middle of nowhere, and then they have to, like, hike through the woods to get to the entrance of the camp. Apparently, is, yeah. Is that what they do at camps? Mm, no, <laughs> but <laughs> in Guzman's land, yes. Okay. Arl Stein apparently went to a camp where they just dumped the kids off, and he was like, all right, I gotta walk yeah. five miles to get to the camp. The bus driver in, in Arl Stein's <laughs> life was just like, this is close enough. See you, kids. I gotta walk through puddles full of worms. I'm sure this won't affect my <laughs> subconscious for the rest of my life. <laughs> it did, though. It did. There's even worms in this episode. Spoilers later on. Yeah, <laughs> there has to be. Cut to the orientation, and Mrs. Crandall is introducing a man named Mr. Blankenship. What? No. <laughs> Blankenship. I was like, why is his name, first of all, so long that I can't remember it? And second of all, it kind of sounds like Frankenstein, almost, a little bit. Kind of. Which is probably Which, what they were going for. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Mr. Blankenship, dressed like a lumberjack, welcomes the kids to the wild, but jokes that the kids are probably the wildest things around. Oh boy, this guy. Um, <laughs> it is Spider from Yes, from uh, Say Cheese and Die. All right, and... so we're not going to have to do the cast at the end no, of this we, episode. We still... You've got it covered, Cortland. No, I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> no, I know. It's... It... It's returning characters, and that's always good to see. Returning actors. I'm glad that that happened, because if this episode were just a blank slate of new people, it wouldn't have changed anything, actually. No, <laughs> it wouldn't have. It, it's like, this this role for him is different than Spider, and it's different than whatever his name was in Curious Camera. Yeah, it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's worse, but, like, he's got range. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can do good and bad. It's like, it's cool. He can be good in camera episodes, but when it comes <laughs> to nature, not so much, man. Yeah, he's bad. No, he does well, even though the, the writing is shit. Uh, he goes on to say that the kids are there to observe the wonders of nature. And there's thousands of them. Thousands of wonders, I guess. Yeah. From plants to animals. He tells the kids that each animal possesses a unique quality that allows it to survive. And as he does, he pulls a cloth off a glass tank to reveal a python. And all the kids gasp and go, ew. Yeah. But Becca kind of like sits up straight and she's like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a python. <laughs> he explains to the kids that snakes have evolved to survive many dangers, but they also evolved to hunt. And now he pulls another cloth to reveal a tank full of mice. And there's more gasps. He picks one up and says, On a food chain, a mouse is lower than a snake. To a snake, a mouse is a delicacy. And he starts walking away from the group, making the kids get up to follow him. Brandon, can I stop you for just a second here? I did a very quick Google search at where pythons exist in the world. Mm-hmm. And they they live in Africa, Asia, and Australia, and they're non-venomous snakes. They're in Canada. So him pulling out a python like this, that's not its natural habitat anyway. No, of course not. What's going on? <laughs> it's an invasive species at this point. Yeah, he's introducing invasive species into the wild. You asshole. And being like, look, they're adapting to their environment. He's just doing the same goddamn experiments as the fever swamp. Rest in peace, those poor deer. They couldn't acclimate, so they died. And I yeah. feel like the python going to also die. Of course it will. Can't survive in Canada. He puts the mouse on the ground, and the mouse just kind of, like, chills there. Which is very unmouse-like. Yeah, that mouse would be gone. Yeah. Um, when mice are existing, they run. <laughs> That's what they do. It's all they do. Unless there's cheese or peanut butter. Then they eat it. Or chocolate. Or Do they like chocolate? Bread. Or... Food in general, really. Salt. Or <laughs> carrots. <laughs> broccoli. Kale. <laughs> vegetable oil. Probably rice. Vegemite. Yeah, they like that shit. Oh, no, they don't. No one does. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> Blankenship says... What you're about to see happens virtually every second in the forest. Hmm. I mean... 
How would you know? <laughs> Do you think that animals eat animals virtually every second in the wild? I mean, I guess overall. I mean, like over the, the world, entire planet? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give it to you, Blankenship. <laughs> yeah, Blankenship knows his shit. <laughs> we see the snake very slowly crawling through the grass, and kids start yelling, You better run, mouse. And, oh, my God. Come on, get him. We see the mouse actually pick up the pace and start walking out of frame. And walking? it looks. Yeah, he, he walks. He doesn't run. He's still just trotting. <laughs> this thing like takes a fucking minute to eat this mouse. I will. Say, there's a lot of like boring parts where like we watch something slither and stuff, and I'm just like, get on with it. Oh yeah, it looks like the mouse is getting away, but we cut back to the faces of the kids, and we hear the sound of a snake striking, and they all jump. But Mister Blankenship is smiling, satisfied. And okay, and he does not pick the snake back up either. No. Okay. The, the <laughs> snake is just part now. of the wild now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this this uh, chase scene, I guess you would call it, is just pretty poorly edited because that that mouse he just sits there because it's a trained mouse. Yeah. It's not just some wild mouse. So he just like sits there, and then he walks away, and the snake is so slow, so goddamn slow, Cortland. And then he, he just gets him? Yeah, he just gets okay. him, man. He's eating yeah. a mouse, apparently, and we don't get to see any of it. Which is fine. It's a kid's show, whatever. But Yeah, like, I don't want to see that. We cut to the two mean girls, and they turn to each other and yell, Awesome! <laughs> and Becca, like, turns her head like, Ugh, these like, bitches. Not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Crandall is like, Well, uh, thank you for that enlightening demonstration. She turns towards the class and says, Okay, kids. Now for your first assignment. I want you to pair up. And we see the mean girls link arms right away, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she says, I want you to pick up a clipboard and a compass. And I want you to go off and find other examples of the food chain at work. Okay. Well, that's a lot. But all right. It is. I want you to find examples of animals eating other animals. Like, that's hard. It happens than every think. second in nature, Corwin. Yeah. yeah. She's got the stopwatch. She's like, I give you one second. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Blankenship adds. And remember, stay on the paths. We wouldn't want you to get lost. We wouldn't want you to get blipped into Watcher's Woods, which would be awesome, but no. That would be pretty cool, actually. That'd be way too cool. Should do a thing where it's like, combine an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode with a Goosebumps episode to make a new new story. To make a better story than what we get right now, right? Oh, we could definitely improve this one. (laughs) We cut to later in the woods. Becca is with Benji, of course. And they find a log with some worms or something wiggling around on it. And she tells him, here's an example of the food chain at work. And Benji says, gross. And they move on. Benji is useless. He really is. He really, really is. (laughs) This whole episode, he does not one thing to advance the plot or, you know, give exposition or anything. A short distance away, Becca finds a small cabin. There are signs around it that say, restricted area. Trespassers will be punished. Trespassers. She says that it must be someone's hideout, and they should check it out. Okay. Who could it be? Hmm, I wonder whose hideout it is. <laughs> oh, it's not any God, of the kids God. that just got there. Hmm, who could keep, it be? Keep in mind that this is a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> As they get closer, she says it looks like that no one has been there in a while. She gets to the door and starts trying to open it, but it won't open. Benji tells her, it's locked. That usually means you're not supposed to go in. Yeah, also the signs that said no. (laughs) Yes, very explicitly. (laughs) Well, whatever. These kids can't read. (laughs) She says, it's not locked. It's just stuck. There's a difference. Mm. She keeps yanking on it hard. Then she gives it the old shoulder. Yeah, classic goosebumps shoulder tackle. It pops open. And bats fly out. So many bats. So many bats were in here. <laughs> so many terrible looking CG bats. Look, given... Look, I'm going to spoil some things here. Like, this is not a defunct bunker. This is something that is used pretty regularly. Why are all these bats in here? I don't know. Goosebumps right. really does love the, like, opening a door to reveal tons of bats thing. I can think of, like, five episodes it was used in. Yeah, I mean, Are You Afraid of the Dark did it in Vampire Town, but that one makes sense a little bit, at least. Like, it's catacombs. Yeah, I mean, it's vampires as well. True, true. This one, though, it's just, like, there's bats in this place, there's bats in <laughs> This is, like, place. somebody's home, and <laughs> they just open it up. <laughs> there's, there's bats in it. Everywhere. 
not just a little amount of bats. Like it's chock a block with bats. So many bats. It's fine. I can I can ignore it. I'm not gonna say I can forgive it. I'm gonna ignore it. I'm not gonna ignore it, but I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, they never come back up, so <laughs> Yes. The kids both scream and fall down, and Becca picks Benji up after they pass and says, Relax, it's just bats. Duh, just bats. They could have had rabies and stuff, but whatever. I picked up a, Which is a fucking <laughs> rabbit and it could have had rabies too, but I'm it's funny. I'm Becca, I have plot armor. <laughs> He's like, I know, that's why I was screaming. <laughs> it was bats. <laughs> bats are scary. They can be. They are. I like bats, though. They eat mosquitoes. Oh, so. I like them in theory, but like when they're flying near me, and we do have bats like in the trees outside of our house, Ooh. I'm just like, ugh. My, I, my mom and my stepdad, they have like a cabin in the woods up north, and I think my mom has bat houses because she likes the bats. So she mm. invites them to invade her home and open the door and bats would fly at her <laughs> cool she's seen a goosebumps episode maybe probably not though are they cg though Ooh, probably not they're i think they're ah, the real deal <laughs> <laughs> the kids walk into the cabin to find a pretty tidy looking science lab set up and also there's like a very loud raccoon sound when they walk in i don't know what that's about mm. becca walks around checking out various science things while benji follows her saying his catchphrase gross at animal skeletons and stuff Becca picks up a vial of some cloudy liquid, and Ben keeps saying, I don't think we should do this. Shut up, Ben. She snaps. He's not gonna drink it. Yeah, he really should. Just, if he disappeared from this episode, that would be A-okay. That'd be cool. I think it'd be a better episode if Becca was just doing this on her own. It would be, yeah. Something in the liquid moves, and Becca drops it. On the ground, we see some kind of mutant worm thing, but it's making a roaring sound. Uh-huh. It wiggles its way under a shelf, and Becca says, they need to clean the place up. Mm, they don't. Girl. I. She just, you know what, though? They don't clean it up, so they just leave that shattered glass on the ground, and it's fine. <laughs> she's She, like, drops that and makes a mess, and she's like, look what we did. We need to clean this up. <laughs> well, whatever. It's quickly forgotten about. Yes. <laughs> we get a long Evil Dead shot of something making its way through the woods. Then, back to the cabin, where Becca is opening a cabinet. Inside, she finds it stuffed to the rafters with shedded snake skins. Weird, but okay. Yeah, Ben comes over to check it out, and you just know he's about to say gross. But we cut away to the Evil Dead camera, which is now just outside the cabin. Yeah. Inside, Becca is still saying that they need to find something to clean up the mess that she made. (laughs) And she walks away, and Benji tells her, I think we've got bigger problems. Yep. Yep. So. <laughs> Go ahead. Becca walks over and she sees the bigger problem. And it's the snake. The snake that was gifted into the nature reserve. <laughs> and they just stare at it. And yeah. this is a, this is, I know I said this already. It's a big theme of them just kind of staring at a snake slithering around on the ground. But Benji, I like his reaction where he's like, we have bigger problems to worry about. Becca, come over here and look at this bigger problem. Like, no. There's this fucking snake coming your way. Like, you're just going to sit there and stare at it and slowly <laughs> tell Becca there's a problem. You would yeah. be like, the fucking snake in your ride, Becca. <laughs> but yeah, nah, he that. was like practically like that when it was a worm and <laughs> he's not going <laughs> to. He had more reaction to that worm. The thing is, like this, this snake, this python, pythons move very slowly. They're not, you know, cobras striking lightning speed. This thing is moving very slowly because it's not actually trying to hunt. This thing is just moving around. Yeah, it's just exploring its environment. And they're getting footage of it as it just, like, exists. But then add dramatic music on it and they're like, dun-dun-dun-dun, this thing's trying to kill. Um, Yeah, so it's very slow and it would just be so easy to just walk around it. Yeah, you could literally just walk over it like a hose, you know? Yeah, you could be like, excuse me, and just... (laughs) Just take a step. But they don't. They're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like it's the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Yes! Oh, my God. Because, like, they're huddled in the corner, and she's like, don't even move a little bit. And I immediately was like, what, can it not see you if you don't move? Is it a T-Rex? Yes. Like, what is exactly. that? <laughs> These kids are dumb. <laughs> the snake turns away from them and towards the shelf with the spilled goo. Ben asks, what's he doing? And Becca tells him, 
I don't know, but he doesn't seem very happy. The script doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't tell us. <laughs> like, he doesn't seem very happy. He's literally just a snake being a snake. Well, Becca, he doesn't have He doesn't have angry charmer. eyebrows or anything. He's just, like, sticking his tongue out, like, oh, what's over here? It escalates quickly, Brandon. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> the snake moves again, hiding behind a table. The kids sigh in relief and get ready to go now that the snake's, you know, yeah, out object, of sight. Object permeance. That snake is gone now. <laughs> yes. They can't see it. It doesn't exist. But then, Cortland, the snake <laughs> appears on top of the table with a musical sting. <laughs> it's like, Duh, and it flops on the table. <laughs> It got up on the chair, yeah, slithered it got up, up on the its table. hind tail, and just slapped it itself on that table. It's amazing. Slow, oh but amazing. <laughs> hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite animal hybrid. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to it all. We're just so thankful that you're spending some time with us. Looking for bonus content and other rewards? Become a patron at patreon.com slash private island. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get instant access to our early release episodes. Higher tiers get more stuff like bonus episodes, stickers, t-shirts, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Tristan, Redemption, Eddie, Venice Witch, and our newest patron, Preston. The Silver Goth, Stephen, Shane, Mr. Normal, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, and Brittany. The Golden Day Days, Sarah, Matt, Faith, Derek, Angela, and Christy. And the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at PRVT Island and on Instagram at Up All Night Podcast. We post lots of content every week to go along with every episode. We have some handmade videos and gifts, memes on Fridays, games on Mondays. It's a lot of fun. We do watch parties on Instagram at around 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays, so come out and hang out with us. For a link to our socials, the Facebook group, the Discord server, and, and more, check out our episode description. I stream pretty regularly on Twitch, too, so stop by, say hello, and chat with me as I'm playing some games. That's twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for joining us. Next week is the Season 3 wrap-up, and then it's on to Season 4. So I will talk to you again soon, you guys. Bye! Becca tells Ben to slowly move towards the door because she has an idea. She walks over to a table with a bunch of mouse cages on it and picks one up. She sets it on the ground and opens it up, and a little mouse just kind of stands there. Becca yells, run, Benji! And the snake actually turns its head to look in her direction as Whoa. they run. They thought that this place was like debunk or like defunct. Nobody has been there for years. And there's live animals inside of it. Not only bats, but also rats and uh, cats and smacks the cereal. Smacks, yeah. Tats. <laughs> fats. Domino. Let's keep going. I don't know. Fuck they run through the woods for a while with something unseen chasing them. Until they run into the mean girls, Martha and Sue. If you say so. Martha says, what's the hurry? Afraid you'll miss lunch? Which I guess is... Uh... It's kind of something. Sure. Becca breathlessly tries to tell them about the snake chasing them. But Sue says, oh right, like the killer bunny from before. They laugh and walk off. Becca doesn't know what to do next. She thinks maybe tell Blankenship and Mrs. Crandall? But Benji reminds her that they broke into the cabin, and they can't just go around telling people that they did that. We could have literally... Okay, we're 12 and a half minutes into this episode at this point. We could have literally started the episode at this point with Benji being like... Or the them being like, oh, like you saw the killer bunny, and then Benji pulls Becca aside, and, is, and he explains what they just did. We could have literally started the episode here, and would have known exactly what had happened. Seriously. It could have been like, dun, 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 goosebumps, and then cut right to this. Yeah, and I wouldn't have lost anything in translation at all. Yeah. If only. If only. <laughs> Later on at fake night, Becca and the other kids are sleeping in sleeping bags on the ground. She turns over and sees a tarantula crawling on her pillow. Yes, classic tarantulas in the woods of Canada. <laughs> yes. 
Tarantulas and pythons are both exist in the same like tier of animals that are like scary looking. Yeah. But they're For not the most actually part, that scary. Yeah. I gotta say, Brandon, I love this part, so keep going. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, I will. Okay. She sits up to scream, but then she sees that dang python crawling on her sleeping bag. Fucking pythons, get out. Nobody wants to code with you. She finally does scream, and Mrs. Crandall pops up immediately to come over. Crandall tells her that it was just a dream, (laughs) and sure enough, the snake is gone. A kid in the background says, what's going on? And Mrs. Crandall turns and goes, go back to sleep, Kelly. (laughs) Shut up, Kelly. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Who asked you? (laughs) Oh, that's great. I love (laughs) this kid hears screaming and wakes up. (laughs) What's going on? Scrandall's, shut up, Kelly. (laughs) Damn you to hell, Kelly. Why are you here? (laughs) Somebody was screaming, shut up. There's nothing to do with you. (laughs) You're not the main character of this episode. Go away. (laughs) She got a name, at least. That's true. That's true. Better than Benji. <laughs> Seriously, I'll take a Kelly spinoff. She turns back to Becca and tells her to try to get back to sleep. When Becca says she doesn't think she'll be able to, Mrs. Crandall says, Maybe this will help. Oh my god. And she pulls out the rabbit with the lizard face from nowhere. <laughs> Maybe this will help you, sweetie. <laughs> Fucking rabbit. The stupid fucking looking thing. She's just like, oh, maybe this will. So dumb. I love it. So casually. She doesn't say it evilly. That would make it less interesting. No, but she's just like, maybe this will help. When she like, because you see a shot of her holding the bunny and she looks like menacing a little bit. But other (laughs) than that. (laughs) Yeah. She sells it so well. That's great. It reminded me of uh, the part in. The tale of the whispering walls when she throws like oh, I just got a baby and then she throws a snake at the kids. Oh, it reminded yeah. me of that and I loved it. Becca screams and then wakes up for real. She and Mrs. Crandall are sleeping with their bags like six inches from the campfire. Is that a dream within a dream? Which dream? Never mind. Yeah, okay. they're sleeping really close to this fire in nylon sleeping bags, which will melt yeah. to your skin and you will be hurt. They and... would be toast for sure. Oh, so dumb. Miss Crenshaw, get your shit together. (laughs) (laughs) Becca hears a sound and she grabs a flashlight and wakes up Benji to investigate. He doesn't want to wake up, but he seems incapable of saying no to Becca, so he gets up half asleep to hunt monsters in the fake night. Following the sound, they arrive back at the cabin again. Benji reads his script from before, pretty much word for word, about how they shouldn't do this, how they should go back, etc. But... Becca insists that they must, because something is going on here, Cortland. They don't have to, um, first of <laughs> yes. all. And actually, the story would be better if they didn't, but... I mean, we're now at the part where, like, the story happens, like, it starts. Yeah, that's it's true. It's still stupid, but, like, <laughs> something happens here. Okay, I'll give it that. No, I won't. She opens another cabinet, and it's filled with jars with labels of various animals on it. Like, one says monkey amino acid, and there's one that says monkey slash owl, or fly slash bass. Bass? A fly and a bass? Okay, we'll talk about that soon. Don't worry. (laughs) Ben says it must be some kind of experiment, and asks who would do such a thing. Hmm, Who could it be? From behind them, Cortland. In the least surprising reveal in television history, (laughs) we see Mr. Blankenship. Standing at the door. (laughs) What? Did that blow your mind? Yeah, I was like, how could the person that, like, lives here be at all involved in anything in this shack? I thought it was going to be Kelly. (laughs) That actually would be cool. That'd be awesome if Kelly was like, I was was me the whole time. You dreamed me up because I was in the dream at that point and I don't actually exist. Whoa. But I'm here to fucking ruin your day. (laughs) Miss Crenshaw's not going to tell me to shut up in your dream again. I'm sticking up for myself in dreams. That would have been awesome, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Blankenship says, be careful. You'll hurt them. Becca asks what's going on, but Blankenship just says, you're trespassing. Has anyone else been here? Ben tells him no, and Blankenship grabs the jar from Benji and says, sorry I snapped. This is very important research. 
Becca asks what kind of experiments, and he does actually tell them, saying that he's been experimenting with crossbreeding. He's creating a new species that will be even better adapted for their environment. Mm. The lights flicker, and he says, Imagine an ordinary turtle with the speed of a cheetah. There's no cheetahs in Canada. <laughs> like, I'll give it to you. Turtles? Yeah, there's probably turtles in Canada. Oh my Where God. are you going to be getting that DNA for cheetahs? That's not a natural predator of these Canadian woods. Even even if you do get cheetah DNA mm-hmm. and put it in a turtle, and even if it did somehow work to make a crossbreed species, why the fuck would you want to have cheetah have turtles out there? Yeah, why would you want to mix a fly with a bass? That makes no fucking sense. That makes no sense at all. What is this guy doing? What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. Bass eat flies. So stupid. I like the idea. Like, I'm not going to be... Do you? I like the idea of crossbreeding animals, like, to make cooler looking animals. But we don't get to see any of those cooler looking animals. And his animal combinations make no fucking sense. No. (laughs) So... A turtle it's, zipping around at 80 miles an hour. That make, Yeah. For, for what? Uh, yeah, what's it going to do with that? <laughs> They're herbivores. What do they need to run 80 miles an hour for? Oh, look at that sweet leaf over there. <laughs> gonna, oh, a rock? I got to hump it. Like, that's what turtles <laughs> do all the fucking time. Now I can get to it faster. I don't know. It's now so they're going to be hitting rocks at the speed of light and exploding. <laughs> thanks mr blankenship (laughs) he's he's coming like he thinks he's the smartest person in the fucking world and he is so stupid so dumb his plan is idiotic Uh, it gets worse though it gets stupider (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) becca clues in that the rabbit with the lizard face is a blankenship original and yeah, tell me, confirms... tell me that one, Blankenship. Tell me why you made that one. What What's the best of both worlds for that one, huh? Where's the Hannah Montana in that? Well, you see, a, a rabbit's one weakness uh-huh. is that it's the, too the cute. Face, it's too adorable. Yeah, you gotta ugly it up a little bit. And a lizard's main weakness is that they can't hop very well. Wow. Okay, never mind. I'm on board. Blankenship, you're great. So smart. <laughs> Ben pulls out the old, well, we better be going now. But when they go towards the door, Blankenship blocks it. He tells them, but I haven't told you about my greatest achievement yet. I have created a new dominant species. Imagine the adaptability of a snake combined with the intelligence of a human being. The ultimate predator. You're the prey. You're why 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 if you were gonna give a human being dna from any animal to like make it better people Mm -hmm. why like a snake would not be high on the list no but also that's not even the direction he goes in he's not trying to make like human beings better with animal dna he's going in the opposite direction yes He's trying to make animals a little bit smarter with human <laughs> DNA. Yeah. So he takes off his hat and glasses, and his face starts to morph into a python's. His oh arms boy. shrink away, and then his legs disappear. We see a pile of empty clothes on the ground. Then from it slowly slithers a very normal-looking snake. God, so he's naked. But also, <laughs> why? Why? He's just a snake. <laughs> So, he's just a snake who inside its brain is thinking, I'm so smart. Look, 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 look. He has changed his DNA so that he can turn into a snake, I guess. And he wants to eat these children. Like he said, you're the prey. Like mm-hmm. he, his, his intention is to eat these children. This snake cannot sure. eat a person. It would explode. <laughs> it can't. It can't <laughs> yes. eat these kids. What are you doing? Snakes are dumb and sometimes will try to eat things that are too big for them. But, um... Uh... I don't think it would get very far with these kids. No, it would. I, this is so stupid. Like, I want to think maybe they wanted us to believe it's like an anaconda kind of thing. Because I think anacondas could Probably. potentially eat a person. I, I watched Owen Wilson get For eaten sure. once. But <laughs> that this, not this python. It cannot eat these kids. It does not have the room in its body to consume these children. It would If it 
happened to do that, it would die. <laughs> yeah. He, he would need to splash them with some kind of like mouse amino acid or something and turn them. But no, small. he didn't do any of that. He didn't. No. He didn't think this through in the slightest. <laughs> There's two missing kids from this group. Like, oh, it's going to be Dr. Blankenship or whatever. Like, is he a snake forever now? Like, no, he's definitely not. Can he turn back in? Was he the snake the whole time? Was he the snake that went into the the building the first time or was that just the regular snake there's definitely a regular snake so the the lines are muddied i don't get it i, I don't, don't know understand. It's he, he feels like he's at some great advantage now that he's gotten rid of his arms and legs and has to slowly slither across the floor he could have easily taken out these children as a human but no yeah they can also just like step on him yeah or step <laughs> over him like dead. a rope but he can't keep up with these kids he's too slow being able to do, like, advanced mathematics doesn't really help when you're just some dumb snake that's slithering around. No fucking sense. Whatever, let's finish this fucking episode. <sighs> There's three minutes okay. left. All right. And most of it is filled with nothing, so let's go. Yeah. The kids scream, and the lights flicker, and then the snake is just gone? Yeah, he can also teleport somehow, yeah. maybe. okay. Well, that That's where the mathematics <laughs> comes in. Ben thinks that they should just get out of there. But then he feels something drip on his face. He looks up, and the blanket snake swings down from the rafters. (laughs) The snake just dangles there doing nothing, but the kids are still terrified. Becca tells Benji to run, but he doesn't. So she goes into the cabinet from before and grabs the jar that says fly amino acid. She throws that shit onto the snake, which sparks and explodes. Why does it explode? Why? Why does fly amino acid do anything to a snake man? Oh, boy. Whatever. It's great. I feel there's got to be some kind of logic to follow. Come on. But there isn't. There's not. The lights go out, and when they look at where the snake was, it's just another empty snake skin. But then they start to hear a sound. A loud buzzing. Becca looks around to see where it's coming from. But Benji, summoning what little assertiveness he has, grabs her arm and says, We're not sticking around to find out what it is. Oh boy. We cut to the next day. The yellow school bus is parked in the middle of the random field again. And Mrs. Crandall says, The bus leaves in five minutes. Yeah. She wonders aloud where Mr. Blankenship is. And nearby, Becca says to Ben, Should we say anything? Ben goes, Yeah, right. You think they laughed about the lizard bunny? Try telling them that the science teacher was a man-eating snake. And yet again, he uh, recaps the entire episode. Thank you, Benji. (laughs) Thank you for your service. Start the episode from here. (laughs) From behind, we see the mean girls complaining that they went this whole trip without a problem, and then they both got bitten by something just before they leave. Martha also mentions that she's getting some kind of skin rash, and we see a close-up of her arm, which is starting to be covered in some kind of scales. Okay. That looks like an interesting way for the story to develop, but... Yeah. Then there's another buzzing sound. We see a black and white first-person camera of something flying around Benji's face. He smacks it, and it falls to the ground. But when he goes into the bus, it follows him. Even though he clapped it out of existence, but whatever. Yeah. Ben sits next to Becca and says, Thank God that's over. And she responds... Blankenship won't be bugging us anymore. Fucking Christ, Brandon. <laughs> this last fucking scene. Alright, here we go. Let's oh do my this. god. <laughs> the camera zooms in on the fly, who is now sitting on top of a bus seat. And the goddamn thing for it <laughs> has Mr. Blankenship's face. But it's not just his normal looking face. Like, it's stretched and warped into this weird... Not even like a fly head shape. It's just weird looking. But it's like him with his eyes big. It looks like a light bulb. <laughs> like a halogen light bulb. It kind of does. It's like his face smooshed into a light bulb shape. <laughs> and the fly says, You got that wrong. That's the end. That's the, that's the fucking over, end of the season. And he smiles. <laughs> that's it. That's the end of Goosebumps season three. Oh my god. So at this point, is Mr. Blankendorf, I'm just going to get his name wrong, I don't fucking care. Go ahead. Is he one-third fly, one-third snake, one-third human, or what? Because, like, 
the implication is that he is the one that's biting this child and now she's turning like snake like mm-hmm. right right he's sitting yeah. there biting children with his human teeth <laughs> yes Mr. <laughs> 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 Blankenship, what are you doing? He's just over there biting. Don't kids, mind I guess. me, Martha. <laughs> Get it? I thought she was corn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking care. What is this? Oh my god, this is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, so the fly amino acid, I guess, when splashed on him, just made him fly-ish as well. But he's also still Snake, and he just collects these animal essences. <laughs> like some kind of fucking If this was the case, and he knew that this was, was what happening, why didn't he use his fly body to fly into a better amino acid and become <laughs> a cooler animal than a fucking fly? Because all he has is, like, bass and <laughs> fucking owl. owl. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> He doesn't have any cool animals. He wants to make a cheetah turtle, but he can't get any fucking cheetah DNA because he lives in the middle of Canada. But he's got a stupid moose DNA. Like anything would have been better, though. Like he could have dipped his toes in any of the other better amino acids. I don't know. You know what? Who fucking cares? Because he's stupid. He's stupid at his plant. Stupid. (sighs) So dumb. I guess if you you drink enough animal amino acid, you become stupider. Because animals are stupid. <laughs> Especially flies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not I guess the greatest. It, I guess it makes sense then that he's an idiot. Because flies are dumb. Yeah. That makes sense. He's like the entire playing. bus ride. The entire bus ride, he's just banging his head against the window because he doesn't know it's a window. <laughs> dumb episode. Oh, my God. Okay. Whatever. Okay. That's that's enough. Done done talking about that so we'll do the moral now what is the moral of this episode if there even is a moral i think that more the moral of this is like mind your own goddamn business because if they just like did their assignment and didn't go into that cabin like none of this would have happened yeah or it would have happened but like later on when it's not their problem yeah like his plan's stupid and it's not gonna work so like he's not gonna be a problem for anyone really he's just doing his own dumb science in the woods I mean, let's be real, Brandon. The real moral of the story is, like, don't fuck with Mother Nature kind of thing. Like, don't cross yeah, breed animals. that's what I wants to say. You'll end up getting a pug that can't breathe. You know, it's bad. Yes. Which is good. I mean, that is a good lesson. Yeah. What an awful episode. <sighs> with an awful name, too. Terrible name. Yeah, what the hell? Teacher's Pet? That's one of the worst named episodes yet, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, what is the... Who's the teacher? I mean, the teacher is Mrs. Crandall, I guess. And the pet is the fact that there's animals in it. Such an awful name. What the hell? I'm angry about it now. Rabbit, rabbit lizard, or... Oh my god. Snake people. Even though that's not what happens. It's just a... The island of Dr. Blankenship. Yeah, that would have been great. Give me that one. Uh, Blankenship's monster. That would have been good. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Why I'm afraid of human-faced flies. <laughs> My furriest slash scaliest adventure. <laughs> okay, well, that's dumb. Uh, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the cast now. Let's get to it. This episode's going to be like two minutes long. Let's get it. Let's yeah, get it so so first of all, we've got to talk about this, Cortland, because it hangs over the whole episode for me when I watch it. Okay. Becca is played by a girl named Michelle Reese. Okay. And Michelle Reese passed away before this episode ever oh, no. aired. Oh, so this so episode sad. is dedicated in her honor. And watching the episode, I just can't help thinking while watching it, like, what a goddamn shame that she, had she passed away so young, 16 yeah. years old. That's so sad. Very. So Michelle Reese has four credits on IMDb. Uh, Nothing Too Good for a Cowboy, a TV movie. She was in Mr. Headmistress, a Disney TV movie. This episode of Goosebumps and a movie called 54. And all four of these things came out in 1998, the year after she passed away. So she didn't get to see any of her work come out. This might be the saddest, like, uh, rest in peace we've done. Yeah. It's a bummer. 
Because she's good in this. Like, yeah, I like. As we said, like it's it's a dog shit script, but she's not bad in it. No, she's not. She's the best part of the episode in terms of like. Well, I mean, you know, Mister Blankenship, he's a classic. (laughs) The unseen Kelly is the best part, but (laughs) but besides that, she holds her own. Yeah, well, that's really sad. That's a bummer. I didn't look into uh, the IMDb cast beforehand, and I did see, you know, the at the end of the episode it says like in loving memory of uh, Michelle Reese. So. I didn't know if that was a cast member or a crew member or what, but that's sad. Yeah. Do you think that's why they put this one into season three? That That's my theory is that, yeah, they moved it to the end because it took so long to make that screen that said in loving memory of Michelle Reese. Mm-hmm. No, but that probably had something to do with it. That makes sense. I'm guessing Chalology was meant to be. <laughs> Brandon, look, hey, I I hate yes. to say it, but immediately I was called out on Twitter because we say chillology wrong. It's chillogy. We're just stupid. Yeah, we are stupid, but I I it's like chillology better. I do too. It's a good joke. And it, chillology. I was, like, I was like, sorry, man, you're gonna have to listen to us say chillology for another two episodes. Yeah, we're not gonna not say it. <laughs> we're not gonna correct our wrongdoing. No, we're always right. Yeah. We're always right. <laughs> <Sure. sighs> okay. Uh, moving on. Next, we have Benji, who's played by Telmo Miranda, and he's got he's got eight credits, which you know, that's a number. Yeah, it's more than I do, I guess. This is his first role. This episode of Goosebumps. He was in an episode of Wind at My Back. He was in an episode of a TV series called Deep in the City, where he played a character called oh Lardass. My- <laughs> oh my god, that's weird because he's not fat. Not at all. and uh his final role was in 2001 where he played billy gates in an episode of a show called tracker all right looks like he's also (laughs) done some composing too yeah yeah he's done some composing for some things that i've never heard of same next all right well you mentioned asia Vieira. she plays sue she's cool and richard mcmillan plays mr blankenship and he is also cool yeah i mean neither of them in this episode but in other things for sure Right, and rest in peace again, Richard. Yes. But what about Miss Crenshaw, a.k.a. Miss Cramendor? Miss <laughs> Crandall. Crandall, whatever. She is played by Jane Look, and Jane has a ton of credits uh, up to, like, last year, this year. Yeah, she's got stuff in post-production, too. Yeah, yeah like she was in The Handmaid's Tale. That's a show I've heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, credits go all the way back to 1971. What? <laughs> Was she a baby? She, she must have been like two. She was a baby. She was a fetus. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, she was in the RoboCop TV show. She was in X-Men, the animated series as Lady Deathstrike. Oh. She was in the Magic School Bus as a caller, which Magic School Bus? most of them are. <laughs> she was in Bratz of the Lost Nebula, of course. Sailor Moon as Danny's mother. Oh, excellent. A classic role. Uh, she played Psylocke in the X-Men Mutant Academy 2 video game. That's pretty cool. You love Psylocke. I do. And a bunch of other shit. Yeah, lots of various things I haven't heard of, but lots of stuff. So that's cool. All right, Cortland. That's that's everything I have to say about Teacher's Pet. That's Goosebumps Season 3 in a nutshell. Yeah. Done. We're that's fucking done with, We're almost done with Goosebumps, Brandon. We really are. It seems like... I mean, we probably say this at the end of every season, but it seems like just yesterday we were like, what are we going to do after Are You Afraid of the Dark? Now we're almost done with what we were going to do after Are You Afraid of the Dark. I know. Nuts. I mean, we could always go back to Are You Afraid of the Dark. There was another season, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> let's just start from the beginning again. Let's do a recap. I already forgot I like all the episodes. We, let's do a recap of our episodes of the podcast. Keep going. <laughs> oh, it'll be a nightmare, actually. Listening you know to <laughs> Phantom Cab again. Dude, it's it's rough. I, I gotta say though, one of my favorite things about the podcast is uh, I could go back and listen to the the parts that we talk about in the beginning of the episode, our little banter and stuff. Like, it's really cool to kind of go back, listen, and see what we were doing at that time, and be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that," you know. But we never do anything. <laughs> Every but... week, it's like, no, we didn't do anything. <laughs> you go back and listen to what from three three years ago, and be like, "Oh, I wasn't doing anything then either." <laughs> Look, just because we're boring doesn't mean we can't make memories, Brandon. Okay. We were what's having next? fun being boring. You know what? Let's just right. finish with this shit. What's, well, next? what's next on the list Well, what's here? next is season four. But first, 
But first. Uh, next week, we're going to have a little discussion about season three. You know, go back, have some laughs, take some questions, talk. Yeah. Talk about the highs and lows of the last, like, what, 50 episodes of season three? I don't even know. Six, 600, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You just said that it didn't take very long, but also it felt like it was the longest season. <laughs> yeah, it was somehow both at the same time. It's weird how that happens. Yeah, we're going to talk about season three as a whole. Get that recap going. I'm excited. I got to think Me of too. what I want for my art soon, too. Oh, yeah, you do. There's there's lots to choose from. How about you just have a lizard face? I'll be face. a snake. Done. Yep. I'll be a, a rabbit <laughs> with a lizard face. Just take up the whole thing. I don't know. All awesome. Right. I'm excited. Well, I love our recap episodes. They're fun. Me, too. I don't have to write any notes. Uh, I know that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is next week. I've been up all night, Cortland. Me too. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you next week for the season three wrap up. All right. I can't wait. Bye, everybody. Bye. Maybe this will help.